Hallelujah. You know, it's really important that we don't get in a rush in our services, that we don't get impatient that we come in, we come for our three songs, you know, then pastor's going to preach for, you know, 40 minutes or whatever, and then we get out. No, the Lord doesn't work on your time schedule. You work on His, right? And as we learn to be patient, and when those flows of worship hit, that we just stop what we're doing. Okay, get my eyes off the worship team. They're not the worshipers. I'm the worshiper of my life. And we just give, give time. The Holy Spirit opens things up to meet the need, the need that you have in your life, that the person beside you has in their life. You know, uh, Jessica was mentioning about communion, and it reminded me of a story from Pastor Wendy. And she could tell it, but I'll just do it for the sake of time. She'll get up here and ramble on for the next 20 <laughs> minutes, and I won't get to preach again. That's what happened two weeks ago. Um, they were heading on a trip down to Miami to a conference because in, it was in 2003. Uh, sorry, 2004 was that trip. But in 2003, Brother Hagin went home to be the, with the Lord. And he, he's uh, from the ministry that I, I graduate, graduated from. He, he had gone home to be with the Lord in 2003. But before he died, he said, you don't want to miss the services that are coming up in J January in Miami. And then he went home to be with the Lord. And so they, they said, well, he told us that those were going to be good and you don't want to miss them. So we're going to be there. But as they were preparing to leave for that trip, Pastor Wendy just felt, as a family, we needed to get together and have a family meal and take communion together. You know, it's not something that we do all the time when we get together, but when the Holy Spirit gives you that unction to do it, you do it. And uh, so she, we had communion together, and she said this at the end. She said, until we're all together again. And long story short, there was like three opportunities for plane crashes on their way there. They, had a, they came down, and they, as they were about to put the nose down, there was a plane right there in front of them. And the pilot had to throw the throttle back on, and whew, if you didn't know, those jets have a lot of power when they need to, and straight back up in there, and we all, they almost crashed right on top of it. And then there was a whole bunch of other, other issues that happened along there. But she said that as she got on that plane that day, it was like someone put a warm blanket of peace around her. Why? Because the Lord had already provided the provision of protection that she took time ahead of time. His body was broken for me that my body doesn't need to be broken. His blood was shed for me so my blood doesn't need to be shed. And as, she didn't know at that time when we were together that when we were having communion what it was covering, but it brought them back together with us. And so two weeks ago, Pastor Wendy interrupted my message, and now here the Holy Spirit's interrupting it again. We'll see if we ever get to it. Um, she started talking about communion again two weeks ago and how the importance of pleading the blood, the blood of Jesus that was shed for you. It's, it's the blood, the New Testament calls it the blood of the new covenant, and that it is a covenant based upon better promises. And so when we look we, in, in Sunday school and we, we, when we're teaching the kids, we like to teach them the, so, the stories of, you know, David and Goliath and, you know, all of those miracles of the Red Sea being. But when we need to remember, we have a better covenant than them. And if those were the miracles that God used to protect and provide and shelter them, how much more are you today? can walk in miracles how much more today when we just plead the blood of Jesus 
And so what the Holy Spirit was just doing there as we were worshiping, he's just wanting to heal bodies. And we get stuck about ways that they have to happen. You know, I clean up my diet so my body feels a little better. That's great. Do it. You know, I remember Jerry Savelle saying he was having intense headaches and uh, he was just tensioned through his back. And before he would minister, he'd have to bring a masseuse in to, you know, really work him over so that he could get movement through his back. And he, and he sought the Lord. He said, Lord, I'm asking you to heal me. I'm asking you to heal me. What's going on? And God said, cut coffee out of your diet. And as soon as he did that, all that tension and those headaches left. Why? The Lord gave him a natural solution. That's one way he does it. You can reach out and ask God and receive healing for yourself on your own. Or the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Another way is you can take communion and you can reach out in faith and say, Lord, your body was broken. And it says that by your stripes, I was healed. So right now I receive what you've already provided for me. That's another way. The Bible says that is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and that they will be anointed with oil and the prayer of faith will save the sick. That's another one. You know, I find that's one that rarely happens these days. People don't want other people to know I'm going through a hard time or I'm sick in my body. Someone might think less of me. No. It says, it says in, the, in the, the epistles that if you see one who has fallen, you who are spiritual, come around and raise them up. Come on. We don't need to be ashamed when we go through the valley of the shadow of death. We need to know that we're going through and we're not staying there. And his rod and his staff will comfort us. And sometimes that rod and that staff or that word of correction and direction will come through our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And so Pastor Wendy interrupted us two, two weeks ago when we talked about the blood of Jesus. We took communion together and we worshiped and we sang, I plead the blood. And, you know, it's funny because God's bringing a remembrance back about the blood of Jesus to the body of Christ. Because it was just a week before that, Garnet and I were here in prayer, and we couldn't just, we just got stuck on, I plead the blood, we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit said to me, we like our media and our movies bloody and gritty, but we like our Christianity squeaky clean. No, it was a horrific thing that Jesus went through for you, so that you could be set free, healed, and delivered. And so we make much of the blood, and it's amazing that as you make much of the blood, the presence of God just rolls right in. And so I was away last week. I was on holidays on the weekend, and then I took off. I was speaking at a conference, and thank you so much for you guys to be able to give me the freedom to release me to be able to do those things. And while we were away, I was leading worship a few times, and I, I was preaching, and, and uh, there was a guy from BC there, and he, and he said to me, he came up, and he, he said, he's like, oh, the presence of God has just been so awesome. He said, but we got to uh, sing about the blood. When we sing about the blood, man, we're going to see the presence of God just roll into this place. And I knew in my heart that I didn't have any songs on the blood that needed to be sung. But that night I wasn't doing worship. And the, the lady who was doing it, she's like, I think we just need to sing about the blood. She was picking up that same flow that he was feeling in his heart. And as we've been, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus. You have changed my life too high for me. 
But as we sang about the blood of Jesus, the presence of God just rolled into that place and people's hearts were just melting and their bodies were being healed. And, and uh, uh, Adrian, who was here back in July with us, he said, you know, tomorrow night we're, we're having communion. We're having communion. We're taking a communion service. And so that's exactly what we did. We sung about the blood of Jesus. The presence of God entered that place again. We took communion. And uh, then he said, I just feel that arthritis is being healed. You know, arthritis is one of those things that we put up with. You know, I've found that people are more apt to say, God, i got to believe for this cancer to leave, but they're put up with headaches and aches and pains. The Lord doesn't care about the severity. He bore them all. And so it's easy to say, oh, I've gotten used to it, or I can put up with that. But no, the, the Lord was wanting to minister that. And then he started to say, you know, there, there was, there's someone in here that's been having back pain for a long period of time, and the Lord wants you to be free from that. And so as he just spoke those words, we just worshiped God about the blood, and then another minister just felt I just needed to walk through the, 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 the seats and just lay hands on some people, and as they got to one lady, she just like, boom, hit the ground like a sack of potatoes and was just out, just out. And we didn't know what was going on with her, but the next day we get a message. You know, thank you so much for being so diligent to give out words about arthritis. And as that person came by, they didn't know it was me, but the power of God hit me like lightning and I was out. And I got up from that ground completely healed of my arthritis. And in that same flow, no one laid hands on them, but that word of the back pain went out. And we didn't know it at the time. We saw this guy got up and he started moving around and stuff like that, and he told us the next day. He said, 40 years ago, I hurt my back playing racquetball. And he's like, now I can completely move. Because God doesn't care about the severity. He bore it all. And so what I'm talking about is let's not get in a hurry when we get together. It's not the worshiper's job to worship for you. Worship that will change your life can only come from your heart. We can create an atmosphere for you to worship in, but only you can step in and flow. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, that's all free for you. <laughs> oh, Lord, where do you want to go from here? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, before Pastor Wendy so rudely interrupted me two weeks ago, <laughs> just kidding, we were talking about our word for the year, which is continue. And that's the word that the Lord dropped in my heart in the end of 2022 as we were preparing for this year. I said, Lord, if you wanted to say something to me and you wanted to say something to the people for this year, what would it be? And the word that he gave me was continue. And normally when the Lord gives me a word for the year for this church, we take the first of the year and we take, you know, four to eight weeks or whatever and we look at that word and we stir you up in it. And I really didn't feel to do that as we started January and February and March and April. And now here we are into July and I started preparing message, or August now, uh, in July I started preparing these meetings. Uh, and uh, 
as we were as I was getting to July July and putting these together I was like now here it is why and the Holy Spirit says you don't need to be told to continue at the beginning you need to be told to continue in the middle when you want to give up and so you may feel like you're in the middle of a fight and you haven't seen the breakthrough that you've been looking for in this year the word for the Lord for you is to continue in faith the Bible says that when having done all to stand stand therefore Meaning it's not time to stop standing, it's time to stand some more. Because when you've hit that point of where you're wanting to give up, that's when faith really kicks in. That's when you really have to draw on the gift of God and the promise that he's given in the word. If he says he'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, he meant it, don't give up before you see your breakthrough. If he said that by his stripes you were healed, don't give up before that manifests in your body. When you're looking for direction and you don't know what to do, don't give up before the direction comes hallelujah so continue continue in the things that God has called you to and the enemy does not want you to continue and so four weeks ago when we did our first part of this the I said that the number one way that God try or the enemy tries to get you to stop and to give up is by bringing offense but it's not just offense between people. We often can get offended at the process. I'll let that sink in for a second. We get offended at the process. Lord, it didn't happen or it's not happening the way that I thought it would. Well, I'm pretty sure he can do it a million different ways you haven't thought of. And so we get offended at how it's happened. Lord, I haven't seemed to advance in my, in my position at my workplace the way that I thought I would. Well, maybe you should look about how you serve and how you are an employee. Come on, I know these aren't popular things to talk about. Oh, those employers, they're just so, so rotten. They, all they want us to do is work for free. No, there's a lot of good employers and there's bad employers. Just like there's good employees and there's bad employees. And I have found that I can have a bad boss and be a good employee and still advance. Because the Lord was not slack to forget your labor and what you have done. And what you have done in secret, he will reward you in open. Oh, come on. We really need to be careful about how we serve in our workplaces. Because what you sow is what you reap. There are a lot of self-employed people who are now hiring people and they're like why do I always end up with these garbage employees It's because they were garbage employees and a lot of people who own their own businesses do it because they couldn't work for someone else come on I'm not putting out anything in particular I'm just telling you that it's important how we sow our time and of our talents and what we do with it and the enemy will try to get us offended at the process so that we'll give up before breakthrough comes, before advancement comes, before that next door of opportunity. And sometimes we can get so impatient saying, Lord, I want to be here that we're no good right here. You move on when he tells you to move on. Come on. And so in Acts 2.42, 
It says of the early church, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. They continued in those things. What the Word of God has said, the apostles' doctrine became your epistles in the New Testament. Who were the apostles they were listening to? Peter. He's got 1st and 2nd Peter. We got John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. They were listening to James. We have the book of James. Later on, they'd be listening to Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. What was the doctrine of the apostles? It's your Bible now. And so they continued in what they were actually taught to do rather than looking for something new all the time. That's what Paul told Timothy. He says, you heap up for yourself teachers having itching ears. Oh, come on. You don't need to keep seeking something new, something new, something new. No, the Word of God will hold you day after day after day because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And John told us He is the Word that was made flesh. The Word of God is just as good today as it was back then. You don't need to be moved away from the the truths of grace, of faith, of prosperity, of healing, of all these things. Come on, prosperity is a dirty word in the body of Christ these days. Oh, you're not one of those prosperity gospel people. No, I'm just a gospel preacher. The Lord says He supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The, the Bible says give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. I just follow out what the Word of God says. And if you want word results, you do word actions and foster word beliefs and so they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine in fellowship in being together in breaking of bread that's communion and that's breaking of meals together being together stirring one another up and in prayers come on you want to see an empty service call a prayer service come on You say, we're going to pray this service coming up. People are like, this is the time where I'm going to stay home and watch my baseball game. Come on, because most people have no understanding of what prayer is, what prayer will do for you. Prayer doesn't change God, it changes you. And if you don't change up to the, come up to the changing station, you get left stinking. Come on. And it says, after they continued, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Fear is not like, ooh, I'm afraid. It's awe and reverence came. As they fostered a relationship and a continuance in what they had been taught, the Lord God started showing up in their meetings showing up in their services, and wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Verse 46 says, so continuing daily, continuing daily, church is once a week for most people. What you do when no one else is around matters more than this service. I love that you're here. I love that you're here to listen, but what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do Tuesday? How are you fostering that, that relationship with the Lord? How are you letting the Holy Spirit lead you? How are you walking out the things that you're learning? That matters more than right here now. This is to stir you up to release you to life. This isn't life. This is just the gas station. So they continue daily. 
with one accord in the temple, breaking of bread house to house, and they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So back in verse 42, it says they continued steadfastly. And so in our first part, we told you that that word continued steadfastly is one word in the Greek, and it's proskaterio, and it means to adhere to or constant to one or to be steadfastly attentive to. This is not a casual paying attention to. It's a steadfast attentive to attentiveness. And I told you that that word, proskaterio, is actually two words that have been smashed together. And that's why I like to look at the etymology of words because it often tells you the two different thoughts that they were trying to convey that they smashed into one. Because human language is lazy. It doesn't matter the language. It doesn't matter if you're in French, Italian, or here in Greek. Human language is lazy. We seek ways to streamline our conversations and portray ideas. And so the two ideas that are being tried to be portrayed here and continue steadfastly means to the advantage of and being steadfast. There is an advantage that someone who continues has over those who refuse to continue. People who show up regularly to things, not just church, we're talking about life. When you show up to life regularly, you will have an advantage over those who'd only show up some of the time. Come on. When you show up to the table to eat, you end up more well-fed than someone who never came. Right? And so there is an advantage to continuing over someone who chooses not to continue. Now, what I want to convey in the time that we have left here is that not everything that we do in our life right now should be continued. So having the word for our year in this church being continue doesn't mean that everything needs to keep going. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Notice there's two different things that get set aside. There is weight and there is sin. Obviously sin needs to be let go of. Sin means to miss the mark. God has called you to do something and you chose not to do it. We often look at sin as doing things bad. Well, it is bad if you don't do what God has called you to do, but it really simply means to miss the mark. There's something I should have done that I didn't do. It's just as bad as something that I did do that I shouldn't have done. But he says there's weights and there's sin. And so there's other things that can be present in our lives that are not sin but will slow you down. Come on, you guys, a bunch of you guys did the Spartan race last weekend. That was hard enough without a weighted backpack on your back, right? Would you want to go ahead and do those 10K and all those obstacles again with 20 pounds of weights on your back? I'm sure the answer would be no, it was grueling enough. I think it took Adam two weeks to recover. <laughs> Just giving you a hard time, Adam. But doing life with unnecessary things will slow you down and weigh you down. It will take you longer to get where God has called you to do, and it will keep you from being at certain places when you need to be there. 
And so when we look at our lives, we have to ask the question, what has God asked me to do? And then evaluate where you actually are spending all your time. Now, automatically, when I say things like that, most people are like, oh, he's just telling me I shouldn't watch Netflix or I shouldn't do this. No, I can't audit your life. I don't know what is stealing your time, but I do know what's stealing mine. And there's things that I'm allowed to do and that are fun to do, but aren't always necessary in the moment when compared to what God has asked me to do. And so we need to evaluate our lives and say, there's what is most important? What should my priorities be? What should I be focusing my attentions on? Because that's what God's called me to. If he's called you to be a good employer, be a good employer. Invest in your business and invest in your people. Come on. So, he says, let us lay aside every weight so that we can run with endurance or that we can continue in the race that has been set before us. But I think the next verse is just as important as what that says. It says, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And when we talk about this topic of continue, if there's one emphasis that's going to keep coming out is continue in faith. Be steadfast in faith. Contend for the faith, as Jude says. The enemy does not want you to believe God. He doesn't want you to take him at his word, and he definitely doesn't want you to walk in the promises that God has called you to and has left for you. And so if he doesn't want us to do it, we should put our attention on walking in it because he doesn't get to get what he wants. We know in the end he loses because he's already lost because Jesus already did on his head. And so it says the way that we let it go of these weights and these hindrances that would try to hold us back is by looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. We told you earlier in the year that faith is birth in a heart that responds to the authoritative word of God. What God said, when you put that into your heart, it produces faith that says, ah, oh, that's exactly what I am. If you said that's what I am, God, that's what I call myself. If that's what you said I can do, that's exactly what I could do. If you told me that I could be the head and not the tail, then I'm gonna be the head and not the tail. If you said I could be above and not beneath, oh, I'm gonna go ahead and be above and not beneath. If you said I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the field then I call myself blessed in the city I blessed in the field if you said that you would bless all that I set my hand to do then I go ahead and call what my hand touches blessed in the name of Jesus it springs forth out of him and what starts with him can only be finished in him there's things that God will birth out of your life that begin with him that if you want to see them finished and come to their true purpose and their true fruition, it has to be finished in him. There will be businesses that will birth forth out of your heart that you need to stay in him and continue in him in order to see them come to the purpose that they were launched in. And so he may be the author and the finisher, but in between those two points, there needs to be a determination in your heart, I'm going to continue. I'm going to believe what he has said. 
And so Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, he says, not that I have already attained, and none of us can say that. I haven't got to where I'm going yet. We're all on the journey that will last for eternity. But I should believe to see some progress in the season that I'm in. I should see promises coming to pass in the season that I'm in. So Paul says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on or I continue. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Paul says, I continue or I press so that I can grab hold of that which Christ Jesus is already holding on to me. You realize that there's a two-way street in things. Grace is God's grip on you. Faith is your grip on Him. That I believe the provision that you've given to me. And that we both hold on. You have to understand that God will never let go of you. And it says that no one will ever snatch you out of His hand. But He never said anything about you not walking away. And so Paul says, I'm going to press on and I'm going to grab hold of him just as tightly as he's grabbed hold of me. And he says, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind and I'm reaching forward to the things uh, which are ahead. Oh, Jesus. There are some of us in this place that are so detached to what has happened in the past that we can't see where we're going in the future. You've got to let go of the hurts. You've got to let go of those words. You've got to let go of those experiences and let you know they were not from God. Woo! They were not from God, those experiences. But you've got to let them go so that you can take hold of the things that are from Him and the experiences He does have from you. He says, forgetting those things which are behind when we drive our cars, we have a big windshield and a little rearview mirror for a reason. It's more important about what's in front of you than what lies behind you. And so he says, I reach forward to those things. He says, I press towards the goal, the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Another translation says, I press to the prize of the highest call. Think about that for a second. If there's a highest call, that means there also can be a lowest call. Because when God puts things before you, he says, what are you willing to receive? What are you willing to grab hold of? What will you believe? And you may settle for this when God was wanting you to settle for this. And so he says, I press to the highest. Brother Hagen used to say, I'd rather shoot for the moon and get halfway than shoot nowhere and get nowhere. Aim high, aim high in God. And Paul makes a statement in the next verse that's very common in his writings for him to say things like this. He says this in verse 15. He says, therefore, or because of this, let us, as many as are mature have this mind this mind of pressing this mind of continuing let us who are mature have this mind and he says if any of you think otherwise 
God will reveal even this to you. I like that. He's like, I really don't care what you do with the information that I'm giving you. God can sort you out, but I understand what mature people do, and I'm going to do what mature people do. You know, there's things that I've become to learn the older I've got, is that age doesn't mean that there's an indicator of maturity. Some people get old, but they never grow up. And so Paul says, the mature have this mindset that I'd rather continue now to stand in blessings later rather than give up now and get nothing at all, right? So he says, therefore, as many as are mature, let us have this mind. And having a mindset of faith will draw you to continue. I want to end here today in Hebrews chapter 11. And in chapter 11, we call it the Hall of Faith. These are the stories of people who received a word from God and then walked it out in their life and said, I will not be moved from this. But something that gets said here in verse number 13 of Hebrews chapter 11, and in the the Passion Translation, it says it this way. These heroes all died, still clinging to their faith. Still clinging on. Those men and women of the Old Testament were looking ahead to something they never got to walk fully in. Yeah, they may have saw the Red Sea parted. Maybe they they, they saw the manna come from heaven, the water from the rock. But they all died not having seen Jesus, not having received Jesus. We live in a better time but they still clung to their faith. But it says this, not having even received all that they'd been promised them, but they saw beyond the horizon, the fulfillment of their promises, and gladly embraced it from afar. Think about that. There are going to be times in your life where you need to lift up your eyes and look beyond what is right here. Look beyond what you have in your hands. Look beyond the situation that you're experiencing right now and look beyond the horizon to the promises of God. And it says they all lived their lives on earth as those who belonged to another realm. This morning Annie was singing that awesome new song, You're the Lord of My Life. And in every Christian's life, over and over and over, there comes these points of consecration where we get on our knees again and we say, God, you are the king of it all. You're king over my life. You are Lord of every part. And so I yield my direction. I yield my desires. I yield everything that I bring to the the table. Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do, and I'll say what you want me to say because I submit my life to you. Why? There can only be one king on the throne. And we need to realize it's not us. I'd rather follow the king of kings than hold on to power for, what, 80, 90 years? I'd rather follow the king for eternity. 
And so it says they looked beyond the horizon and they saw the fulfillment. We need to start looking with the eyes of our hearts rather than our natural eyes and start seeing ourselves walking in that land that he's called us to. Walking in those things which he said are ours. Rather than seeing ourselves sick, start seeing yourself healthy and whole. Rather than seeing yourself broke and poor, start seeing yourself being a cheerful giver, someone who blesses others because we bless out of the excess the Lord has brought. We need to see beyond the horizon. And it says, for they clearly, those who live this way, are longing for the appearing of a heavenly city. We need to remember that this earth is not our home. We're just here for a season. We're sojourning or just passing through. We're here for a season, but we'll be with him for eternity. And he says, and if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found opportunity to go back. While I call you to continue, continue forward, not backwards. Father, we thank you for this time that we've had today. We thank you for the sweetness of your presence. We thank you for the patience that we can have in you as you just unveil your word and what you would have to say. And Father, we ask you to draw us deeper in these things. Draw us into remembrance of the things you've called us to, what you've promised us, because I don't want to stand in a kingdom of my own creation. I would rather walk in the kingdom of God things here on this earth. And so, Lord, we glorify you. Yes, we worship you, Jesus. Yes, I just see the Lord mending tendons of a knee right now. Yes, Lord, you restore full function. Hallelujah. Yep, if that's you, just go ahead and start working it out because he's healing those things. Oh, we honor you, Lord. Hmm, there's another one in here this morning that feels like door after door after door has been shut in your face. And you're saying, God, what is going on? Why does it seem like everything is another obstacle? You're not going in the right direction. Calm yourself down. Rest. Come to me. Wait. And I'll open the door that you're supposed to walk through. You don't need to force it. I've got the right place for you. In Jesus' name. Oh, we honor you, Lord. Oh, we give you all glory. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord is saying someone with pain, pain in their knuckles, pain in their knuckles. I don't know if it's arthritis, he didn't say. Lord, you restore full function. Every ache and pain can go now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, shortness of breath. Seems like you haven't been able to take a deep breath in a while. Lord, open up those lungs in Jesus' name. Breathe in deep the presence of the Lord. Oh, we glorify you, Jesus. 
Yes. He will never make you take what you don't want to take. But he puts it on the table and says, what do you want? Will you take it? Will you receive from me? Oh, we honor you, Jesus. We're not in a hurry. <laughs> oh, we're not in a hurry, Lord. Glory to you, God. Glory to you, God. Will, I, th I think I'm done, unless you, you guys got something. Mila mashukumbo sila matai, makapa basuta. Borimardiata branda mashakosuribo. Mila mamakayanda proto tokositi kichinyanya. Masukobo tondosiki barinda hiocho. Moriondorita kamanyan jachakayati. Bisisa bombo boriando tokoti. Life is a journey. Life is a position in me that you follow. Life is an opportunity to live to all the fullness that I have deposited within you at birth. This journey is for just a blink of an eye. This life here is only but temporal. There is on the horizon an eternity to live forever ever with me. Heaven is perfect. Heaven is perfect, but earth is your training ground. Earth is your opportunity to develop your faith. Earth is your opportunity to develop your relationship with me. Here and now is where you have an opportunity to praise me, praise me above even the rocks and all creation all around you. This is your opportunity to be developed and grow and grow in me. So when you come to eternity, you are fully at home. Because you have seen it from afar. <laughs> you have seen it from a distance. So that when I catch you up as my bride, you will be at home forever and eternity with me. Hallelujah. You know, there's, there's a surrender that is required in our walk with God. And he doesn't oppose us living our life. He just wants to live it with us. But you can't do that unless you surrender of yourself to him so he can have a part. He can't work with the proud. He can't w work with the obstinate. He needs your surrender. And then you will be prosperous and on your way with what he planned for you to do. Amen? Surrender. Glory. Kobrira mama sushi kobo mosisina ma ta lama koto tichikila ma sutiki bobon chichi. Visitamba banda kichino no mosala titipopo pupi. surrendering and knowing that I have put you in the right position. I have put you in this generation. I have put you in for such a time as this. A surrendering of yourself brings you higher as you bow. As you bow your knee to my name and to my way, my lifting will be there. My, my grace will be there. 
the positions that you strive to put yourself in, have you checked in with me? A surrendering and an ordering of your life and of your way will bring such peace, such harmony to your home. A surrendering to me and in a knowing me and in knowing and walking with me, I will walk you into the high places. I will walk you into that position that I have for you. I will walk you into that place of dominion that I have given to you. And so as you go low, <laughs> you will go high. I like this not to be in a hurry. Amen. Oh, glory. This is all part of the surrender. To continue is to surrender. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Well, let's continue on. Let's take up the offering. Hallelujah. It is offering time. And so you can give that way. You can envelope in the seat. There's a basket at the back. And I want to go to Psalm 35, verse 27. It says, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually. Did you, who was here last week? What did I speak on? On saying. Amen? Let them say continually. Let the Lord be magnified who has what? Pleasure in, his, in the prosperity of a servant? Whoa. God has pleasure in making you prosperous. But you need to surrender to his ways. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all day long. <laughs> Glory. Continually say, continually say, continually say, and your tongue shall give the praises of God for what he's done in your life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, our word care team will be up here in a bit. And... Uh, if you didn't get of the, the healings that were out this morning, if it's something else you need, it doesn't have to be healing, it could be anything, they'd be more than willing to pray with you, agree with you, minister to you, amen, love on you, amen, 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 amen. All right. Are we done? Okay. We're done here. Just take it out in the streets. <laughs>